Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You are the one that can steal the raging tempest. My soul is thirsty, Jesus. I really want to know you. My heart truly yearns this morning, Lord, to know you. I want to know the one who saved me. My heart truly wants to know you. My heart truly wants to be with you. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures evermore. Lord, I long to taste of this pleasure. Lord, I long to taste of your presence. I give you praise this morning as I come. I come bearing thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of your mercies. Thank you for your great love. Father, it is so great, I can't explain it. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege to be able to come boldly into the throne of grace, of mercies. Father, thank you. Thank you for every single blessing in my life. Thank you for the, for the grace of a family, for the gift of a family, Lord, of friends, of loved ones. Thank you for the wonderful gifts, Father, in my life. Beyond the gifts, Lord, I thank you because I know you. I thank you this morning. Be glorified. Once again, Lord, we are here in your presence. We have come to just fellowship with you. We have come, Lord, to just drink of your presence. Father, we ask this morning, speak to us. Lord, help us to taste of the goodness of your presence this morning. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. It's a good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening in. I am Murphy Eyenike sharing devotion with you. All right. We continue our reading of the book of Esther. Today we'll finish the book. We've taken four chapters the last two days. Today we take the last two chapters chapters 9 and 10 so we've seen how things have gone you know um the jews in a sense you know have been given the opportunity to be able to liberate themselves we've seen the courage of esther we've seen the humility of mordecai we've seen the pride the pride yes of of Amon. We've seen divine providence, God being able to just uh, make things work in our favor. And I'm telling you, yes, uh, God can cause everything to work in your favor. The Bible actually says in Romans chapter 8 that we know that God can make everything work together for the good of those who love him. Yes. So for those of us who love God, God can cause things to work in our favor. So what I'm going to do for us today, so it's, it's a short read, we'll finish the book of Esther, and then maybe if I, if I can, I'll talk about our next book. Yes, the book will start from tomorrow, the book of Job. Yes, one of the most confusing books in the Bible, because a lot of people don't even know where to place the book of Job. When did it happen? Obviously, as we read the book of Esther, we explained when we took, uh, that was the day before yesterday, Esther, even though comes before Nehemiah, comes after Nehemiah, the events of Esther took place before Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah was literally like the last, okay, before the the old of uh, the walls of Jerusalem was was restored, okay. Esther most likely uh, would have happened about the period where after you had Zerubbabel, and uh, they went with Cyrus decree to go. You know to go to to go back to and um, to, to go back to uh, to to Jerusalem to build the temple. You know, at, yes. After then, yes, you are likely have had, you know, uh, Xerxes after Xerxes, and before you then have Z- Darius. Okay, who was the one that sent Ezra and then, you know, Nehemiah uh, to go back, to go back. All right, very important. Alright, so please get your Bibles. Let's read together. Esther chapter 9. It says, So on March 7, remember that that was the day, the day that Ammon had worked for the Jews, had planned for the Jews to be destroyed. It is the same day too that Mordecai has planned that the Jews will be able to defend themselves. So the Bible says that so on March 7, the two decrees of the king were put into effect. On that day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but quite the opposite happened. It was the Jews who overpowered their enemies. <laughs> I am praying for you. You will overpower every enemy. You know, in the New Testament, our thinking really should not be physical enemies because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our own battles, our own uh, um, uh, fights are against spiritual enemies, uh, you know, enemies that are not physical. The Bible calls them spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. The Bible calls them wicked spirits, okay? So when I pray for you, that is the person that I am praying that you will overcome. You will overpower them in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything speaking against against you, speaking against your destiny, speaking against you, accomplishing God's best for you. You will overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. It says the Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the king's provinces to attack anyone who tried to arm them. So yes, they were not supposed to just attack anyone. They were supposed to attack only those who tried to attack them. It says, but no one could make a stand against them for everyone was afraid of them. And that would have been strange. There were very few. It says, and all the nobles of the province, the highest officers, the governors and the royal officials helped the Jews for fear of Mordecai. So yes, this is one of the reasons why they succeeded. The reason why people were so afraid of them was because Mordecai had become literally the prime minister. So as the governor of the land, you know that the prime minister is a Jew. If they kill his people, aha, you know, he has the king's signet. If he writes something and signs it with the king's signet, even the king cannot, cannot turn it. If he says they should kill all of you, they will kill you before the king says, ah, no, uh, it should not have been like that and maybe dealt with him. So, yes, they were afraid of Mordecai and so helped helped the Jews. Verse 4 says, for Mordecai had been promoted in the king's palace and his fame spread throughout all the provinces as he became more and more powerful. Remember, as Mordecai becomes more and more powerful, he stays humble. Verse 5 says, So the Jews went ahead on the, appointment, on the appointed day 
and struck down their enemies with the sword. Uh, they killed and annihilated their enemies and did as they pleased with those who hated them. Hmm. Sadly, in the fortress of Susa itself, the Jews killed 500 men. Hmm. They also killed uh, Pash, Pashandata, you have Dalphon, Asparta, Parata, Adalaya, Aridata, Pamashta, Arisai, Aridahai, and Vezata, the ten sons of Aman, son of Amidata, the enemy of the Jews, but they did not take any plunder. Very important. The Jews fought against all their enemies, but they did not take any plunder. And I'm telling you, eh, the Bible does not tell us specifically what happened to Naaman's wife, Aman's wife, sorry, Aman's wife, Zeresh, having, you know, advised her husband, you know, <laughs> now is in trouble. It seems she's the only one who survived as the entire family is wiped out. 11 says that that very day when the king was informed of the number of people killed in the fortress of Susa, he called for Queen Esther. He said, the Jews have killed 500 men in the fortress of Susa alone, as well as Aman's 10th son. If they have done that, if they have done that here, what has happened in the rest of the province? So it's not saying that to query out. It's just saying that to try and impressed okay just telling her look this is how much i have accomplished for you so listen it says but now what more do you want it will be granted to you tell me and i will do it hmm. verse 13 esther responded if it pleases the king give the jews in Susa permission to do again tomorrow as they have done today and let the bodies of Aman's ten son be impaled on the pole so really i'm telling you they say uh, the pit men dig, uh, they will eventually fall into it, and that is what has happened to Eman and his entire family. The pit he dug was the same pit he eventually fell into. Verse 14 says, So the king agreed, and the decree was announced in Susa, and they impaled the bodies of Eman's ten sons. Sadly, then uh, the Jews at Susa gathered together on March 8th and killed 300 more men and again they took no plunder hmm, very important verse 16 says of course it was important that they didn't take plunder right because it would have looked like they were doing all of that because uh, just to enrich themselves but now that they were not taking any plunder it was clear to the king it was clear to anybody looking that they were just doing this to defend themselves very important verse 16 says meanwhile the other jews throughout the king's provinces had gathered together to defend their lives they gained relief from all their enemies killing 75,000 of those who hated them hmm. but they did not take any plunder so i'm sure this must have been an instruction you know from mordecai you know most likely someone leading had told them that look we are not taking any plunder verse 17 this was done throughout the provinces on march 7 and on march 8 they rested celebrating their victory with a day of feasting and gladness the Jews at Susa killed their enemies on March 7 and again on March 8, then rested on March 9, making that their day of feasting and gladness. So to this day, rural Jews living in remote villages celebrate an annual festival 
an holiday on the appointed day in late winter when they rejoice when they rejoice and send gifts of food to each other so yes the people are rejoicing because god has given them a great deliverance verse 20 says mordecai recorded this event so that's why i i think at least some part of the book of the book of 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 esther was written by mordecai mordecai recorded this event and sent letters to the jews near and far throughout all the provinces of king Xerxes, calling on them to celebrate an annual festival on this two days he told them to celebrate these days with feasting and gladness and by giving gifts of food to each other and and presents and presents to the poor uh, this would commensurate uh, a time when the jews gained relief from their enemies when their sorrows was their sorrow was turned into gladness and their mourning into joy i'm sure you have heard that song he turned my morning into dancing again yes god will turn will turn your morning into joy god will turn you know every sorrow in your life into gladness in the mighty name of jesus that's what happened to the jews here and i'm telling you sometimes we take for granted you know when god does things for us i've seen people so blessed you know but are still they complain they complain so much okay so when god blesses you please be grateful verse 23 says so the jews accepted mordecai's proposal and and adopted this annual custom Aman, son of Amidata the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews, had plotted to crush and destroy them on the date determined by casting lots. The lots were called Purim, but when Esther came before the king, he issued a decree casting Aman's evil plot, uh, causing Aman's evil plot to back to backfire, and Aman and his sons were impaled on a sharp, uh, sharpened pole. That is why this celebration is called Purim. <laughs> yes, because it is the ancient word for casting lots. Yes, because on that day, God really delivered delivered the Jews. So, so because of Mordecai's letter and because of what they had experienced, the Jews throughout the realms agreed to inaugurate this tradition and to pass it on to their descendants and to all who became Jews. Okay? They declared they would never fail to celebrate these two prescribed days at the appointed time each year. Because I'm telling you, haha, but for Esther, but for Mordecai, all the Jews would have been wiped out. He says, to S28, these days uh, would be remembered and kept from generation to generation and celebrated by every family throughout the provinces and cities of the empire. This festival of Purim would never cease to be celebrated among the Jews, nor would the memory of what happened ever die out among their descendants. Quite wonderful. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihel, uh, along with Mordecai, the Jews wrote another letter putting the queen's full authority behind Mordecai's letter to establish the festival of Purim. Letters wishing peace and security were sent to the Jews throughout the, the 127 provinces of the, of the Empire of Xerxes. These letters established the festival of Purim, an annual celebration of these days at the appointed time, decreed by both Mordecai the Jew 
and Queen Esther. The people decided to observe this festival just as they had decided for themselves and their descendants to establish the times of fasting and mourning. So the command of Esther confirmed the practices of Purim and it was all written down in the records. So quite amazing. Yes, you see, Esther achieved a great feat. Remember, she was just a slave girl. And I'm speaking to someone uh, listening in this morning. I know you have come from humble beginnings. I know you think so little of yourself, but I'm telling you, you can achieve great things. God can use you. Okay, God can bring you to places you have never imagined before. Who would have told Esther from the beginning that one day you will become you will become queen? Not just a queen, you know, just the way Vashti was, who was just ceremonial and was just displayed. No, I'm talking about a powerful a powerful queen, you know, that could issue decrees and cause you know holidays, you know, to be decreed in decreed in the entire provisions of, 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 of the king. I'm telling you, don't despise your days of little beginning. That's my message for someone. Do not despise your days of little beginning. And I'm praying for you that you will come to greater heights in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's finish this one. Chapter 10 is quite brief and short. It says, King Xerxes imposed a tribute throughout his empire, even to the distant coastland. His great achievements and the full accounts of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Media and Persia. Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister. Yes, so just like Joseph became the prime minister, you know, to Pharaoh, Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister with authority next to that of King Xerxes himself. He was very great among the Jews who held him in high esteem because he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants wow so quite outstanding about Mordecai you know despite everything despite everything as high as he rose he became he became a prime minister okay the was important record that was uh, written down about him was that he continued to work for the good of his people and I'm telling you God will give you a heart like this a heart that is humble when you are humble you look out for others when you are humble you look out for the well-being of others you want others to succeed and i'm telling you you can't want others to succeed and not succeed in yourself but when you you turn everything inward and your the focus is all about you it's all about your own success i'm telling you then struggles will come in the mighty name of jesus as we reign as we end the book of esther very important you know that we take from here that surely you God can fight your battle. When God is the one fighting your battles, I'm telling you, there's very little the enemy can do against you. I said, this enemy are not physical people. Okay, so stop thinking about somebody in the village or thinking about if you know somebody you 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 use that spoke sharply against you or somebody you think has something against you. Leave them alone. If anything, even if they are able to do anything, it will be a spirit behind them. It will be a force behind them. You know. You know, controlling them, encouraging them, and pushing them on. So your own is to deal with those forces and declare that you overcome them. When you overcome them, you will see that the physical people that they use will become powerless, just like has happened here. Because Esther and 
the Jews had fasted everywhere and God had fought their battle, overcome the spiritual powers on their behalf. Okay, you see that it was much, much deeper. It was much, much easier, sorry, you know, to deal with the physical enemies. I am praying for you. You will overcome every enemy in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so a few words about the book of Job. Job, it's quite an outstanding book. So from tomorrow, we'll just start reading straight off, right? We'll just start reading straight off. So I'll just do the brief introduction of the book. Job is quite an outstanding book, has a lot to teach us. But one of the most difficult things about the book of Job is knowing when to place it. Because the Bible says that Job was like the most righteous person in, in all the East. And, you know, a lot of people try to think about the people that lived, in, you know, right from uh, when we know God began to, you know, to, you know, to call Abraham and on. You know, how could Job, Job have been the most righteous, you know, during that, uh, all of this time? You know, so a lot of people feel that most likely it was before Abraham, okay? But I can tell you clearly, you no know, Job the book of Job was not before Abraham. Actually, Job is one of the sons, yes, one of the sons of, of Jacob. Yes, one of the sons of, or the sons of the sons of Jacob. The sons, we know the 12 sons of Jacob, so Job is not one of them. But Job is the son of one of them. Yes, so I would say some of the, a bit more about this about this t- tomorrow. But what does Job have to teach us? Job has a lot to teach us about suffering. Hmm. Yes, I know believers don't like to suffer. Who likes to suffer? Yes, but Job has a lot to teach us about suffering. Job has a lot to teach us about resilience. You know, uh, being able to stay with God in the face, you know, in the face of everything going against you. As we read about Job, I want you to learn. I'm telling you, Job will suffer, but Job will hold on to God. The Bible actually says that Job did not curse God. And that is very, very, very important. Okay, a lot of us are going through situations today that are like literally confounding. Some of us, you know, have situations in our lives where we are literally questioning God, you know. And I'm praying for you that you will never come to the place in your life where you are literally questioning God. That will not be you. Instead, uh, you will be, you will love God more and more. You will be closer to Him, more better and better. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for everything we learned in the book of Esther. Help us to apply these things to our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to overcome in every situation. Every situation the enemy meant for evil. Lord, help us to overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare a blessing today over your people. I declare that in blessing you are blessed, and in multiplying you will multiply in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.